What's going on, football fans? It's me, J.R. Clark, back again with another Pound for Pound ATL Live. Joined, as always, by my main man, Jonathan Holder. And today, we are joined by a special guest, uh, Kenny G, also Grits Blitz on Twitter. Some of y'all may have interacted with him. If you haven't, you really need to. But uh, anyway, what's going on, gentlemen? How are y'all doing today? Doing well. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. You know, always down to talk some ball. There you go. Thank you for joining us very much. Jonathan, how's your day going, brother? Uh, it's going good for, you know, it's a Tuesday uh, and there's all, <laughs> all kinds of crazy, uh, you know, roller coaster ride of emotions today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't have a lack of things to talk about. That much is for sure. Uh, yep. So, I mean, I guess at that junction, we might as well just go ahead and get into it. Kind of kept the preamble short today because, well, there's just too much to talk about, honestly. Uh, so no sense in, in in burying the lead, as they like to say. Uh, right about the four o'clock hour was the franchise tag dead deadline for today, and yep. everybody was waiting to see what was going to transpire with a couple players, mainly, obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson. Uh, so. Before that, you know, right before the deadline hit, you got a deal for Daniel Jones with the uh, New York Giants. And it was a deal for four years, $160 million, which was it comes out to be $40 million a year, which is really like once the structure started to roll out, really looked more like a two-year, 80-something million dollar deal, I think is, mm-hmm. is what it was in the neighborhood of. Um, with the vast majority of the money coming in the first two years, you know, $54 million or something of that nature. Uh, so then they immediately, once they got that deal done, they immediately slapped the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming in hopes of working out a long-term deal with him and keeping that core nucleus together. Then everybody's sights obviously turned to Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens to see what was going to transpire there. Ben, for weeks now, uh, felt like if we couldn't get a deal done, they were going to tag him. The question was going to be, was it exclusive? Was it non-exclusive? Turns out it's non-exclusive, which means they're going to pay him $34 million a year this year. But he can negotiate with any team he wants to. And if he signs an offer sheet, the Ravens have the chance to match the offer sheet. And if they don't match it, they get two first rounds from the team that signed it. Is that pretty much like, like Mm -hmm. T okay. So here comes the odd part. And obviously the banner says Lamar Jackson, not on Falcons radar. Here comes the odd part. The odd part is up to this point, every talking head had been connecting Lamar Jackson to the Atlanta Falcons. And it comes to light almost minutes after Lamar Jackson gets hit with the non-exclusive tag that the Falcons will not pursue Lamar Jackson. Then, well, the first the first the first thing that popped up was the Lombardo stuff, uh whoever that guy was. I don't know who me in on that one. Well he, he there was a tweet earlier uh Michael Lombardo's like heavysports.com or something like that. Okay. Anyway mm-hmm. he uh he was basically like Falcons are really like they are for real into in on the Lamar uh Jackson Okay. Yeah, he yeah. said he said, uh, "quote so. The Ravens Lamar Jackson deal talks with Atlanta progressed tremendously in Indy." That's right. Okay. Yep. 
His work. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I do remember seeing that one. Okay. I'm sorry. The Lombardo part threw me off. But <laughs> I do remember that tweet. And then yeah. minutes after Diana Russo, Rosario, Russo, Rossini. Rossini. Okay. Uh, R- From ESPN. R- she, yeah, yeah. She tweets out that the Falcons, uh, like contrary to popular belief or whatever, the Falcons won't pursue Jackson. And I even tweeted out at that point. Boy, you can find a source to say anything at this point, you know, because we've been hearing here and there, right? And then Peter Schrager tweets that the Falcons won't go after him. Um, there was somebody else, uh, Miles Garrett uh, from uh, Fox local here, said that mm-hmm. you know when he talked to people in Indy, said that they didn't even meet. So you're starting to get like super conflicting uh, on like information, right? On uh, what is coming out and then here comes on like if it was just that okay maybe maybe we go with that it does kind of contradict what rich eisen was saying that there was no buzz whatsoever around ritter at you know at indy which i don't even know what that's really i understand what you're trying to imply when you say that yeah. i get it but that statement doesn't mean anything to me i mean like, to, to me what the all that means to me is they didn't go around, you know, like they gave some interviews where they talked, they gave, you know, some good remarks towards Ritter. Like they, you know, they, they said like, Hey, we, we, we like him. We see what, you know, he's done everything we've asked him to do. Uh, He's risen to the challenge of everything that we, that he's been asked to do. Uh, But they've, they've, you know, they haven't gone out and said like, he's our guy. He's our this, (laughs) that. Right. They haven't gone out and done that. So that public endorsement. Yeah, and right. and so like we all knew that, right? So yeah. and and I totally get that and understand that. So the odd part, which you know, kind of like building up to, is that within the past like two or three hours, almost every team that is considered a QB needy team, the Commanders, the Panthers, the um, I know it was those two for sure. The Dolphins were in there. Yeah, the Dolphins, which they've been on two of the whole time, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Why they even needed the to Raiders come out. are in there. Raiders came out and said all these teams yeah. came out and said that they weren't pursuing Lamar. And now that brings forth the oddity. That brings forth the word collusion, right? Because as soon as you see all these teams saying, Oh no, we're we're not pursuing him. We're not uh going, we're not even going to negotiate with him. Then that starts to go, well, what the what's the deal? What's going on? Why not? Like he was supposed to be the hottest commodity. Now it seems like he's uh, plutonium or uranium. Don't nobody want to touch it. Right. And now this is something I said to you two, uh, as we were kind of waiting to go on and I'll, I'll make my, my feelings about it known. Like James Williams, obviously you say, you know, colluding at its finest and I don't really don't, I'm going to do this real quick. <laughs> Willie, we appreciate you five dollars. Yay! Uh, he says, "Been uh, been waiting on the stream all day long after a goofy day at work. I hate to hear that you had a goofy day. Um, so happy to see Lamar's not coming here. <laughs> Can't stay healthy. Too many other needs. We'll get into that. We're gonna get into to all that. I don't want you to think that we're not going to get into it because we definitely are. Um, the football aspect of it. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about the optics of the whole situation." because I don't think you can talk about this without talking about some of the optics, right? So immediately you get into talks of, of collusion. And if, if I think if, if you're saying 
JR, all these NFL owners got into a room and said, look, we ain't signing Lamar Jackson to a guaranteed contract. Everybody good on that shake on three and everybody shake. I don't think that that's what happened. Like, honestly, I don't. Uh, I know people want a conspiracy and a boogeyman. And I just, I don't think that that's what happened. What I do think happened is last year you got Deshaun Watson signing for the contract he did. And without having to talk to each other, all the owners said, I'm not doing that. Because if we start that ball down the hill, it leads to players having more control. Let's just throw it out there, right? It leads to what tends to happen in the NBA, okay? Players like forcing their way out of things, you know, players. uh, And these billionaires don't want to give that control to anybody. (laughs) Like, let's be real. They don't want to give that to anyone. They're going to hold that line as long as they can. Period, point blank. Like, it'll eventually get there, I would imagine. But they're going to push back as hard as they can for as long as they can. So, do I think it's targeted at Lamar? individually for any other reason than they don't want to hand out a fully guaranteed contract? No. Do I think without having to be said or even talked to that that's a line that they were going to hold? Yeah. The one analogy I'll use, and then I'm going to like get off my soapbox and, and let y'all like, cause I know I'm, I'm rolling on purpose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't think I'm not aware, but like I work for a construction company and I hear our estimators talk a lot, of, a, a lot. Okay. There's a, a common practice that general contractors will use. They will get a highly reputable company to bid a job, basically put together a budget for them. And once they put together that budget they say, okay, this company is going to cost $50 million to do this job. Now I know what a, what it should cost. Let me see if I can get another company to, to get it cheaper. Okay. And I've heard our estimators say more times than once, I am not setting a budget for that company. They're not going to give it to us anyway. I'm not setting that budget. So what I feel like happened today is all these other teams looked at the Ravens and said, I'm not going to play negotiation for you because They all feel like they're not going to give out a guaranteed contract. The Ravens are betting on that. So whatever number that Lamar signs a sheet for, betting that it's not going to be a fully guaranteed contract, the Ravens will happily pay. So the Ravens are betting on the rest of the league doing the negotiating and being an agent for him. And I think the rest of the league is looking at the uh, Bashimi, I think that's the owner's name, or I can't remember. I can see his face. I can't remember his name. But looking at the Ravens owner saying, I'm not doing that work for you. And I think that's what's happening. I could be wrong. That's my feelings on it. I'm going to shut up for a minute and take a drink of water. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> um, I don't have too much to comment. Sorry. I don't have too yeah. much to comment on this because, like you said, this there's a lot at play and there's stuff spoken or unspoken going on behind the scenes. And if collusion is indeed at play, they will never be able to prove it without a paper trail. Nope. So 
I don't want to spend too much time on conspiracy theories and everything, but I'll just say that um, something doesn't smell right. And it's a damn shame that Lamar Jackson is in this position where he kind of has to be, I don't want to say made an example of that sounds extreme, but that's kind of what's going on now. In a sense. I I agree. mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I I mean, regardless of what you think about him as a player, he's been nothing but a positive member of the football community since he's come into the league. Hasn't been in any trouble at all. Has, you know, up has pretty much done everything right. And it's just um, like taking how I feel about the Falcons and Lamar fit completely out of it. Just looking at it neutrally. It's a damn shame that it has to happen to someone like Lamar Jackson. I a hundred percent agree. Like Jonathan, it it should, it should have been flip-flopped like Deshaun Watson. shouldn't have gotten. There's, there's no, there. Like I think Deshaun Watson, even before all the allegations, even before uh, the sitting out a year, even all that stuff, I thought he, I thought he was a good quarterback. Uh, could he be potentially be a great quarterback? Maybe, but again, with the the you know the style that he that he plays with, uh, he's a little more of the scramble to run at least at this point in his career uh, than you know a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes who are more scrambled to you know to free up guys at downfield. So you also run the risk of him getting injured, all those kinds of things. And but but then you pile on top of that all of the character issues. How can you, you know, I, in my brain, I'm like, I know the Falcons were going after him last year. Okay. I know they were. Do I think they were willing to give him 230 million fully guaranteed contract? No, because he obviously went somewhere that was going to give it to him. And the Browns are desperate. They had to have, they, they, they wanted something, a spark, something. Uh, And they're just that desperate enough to, to give into those demands. If it had been flip flopped and it was Lamar that got it and Deshaun's trying to get that, that's the that's the the way it should be in this world. Yep. But unfortunately, a in my opinion, this is my own opinion, a scumbag like Deshaun Watson uh, is get was able to get that kind of contract and a what seems to be a perfectly upstanding, very good guy, community guy, just super energetic and legitimately probably a better quarterback is not going to be able to get the kind of money that that same kind of money because Deshaun Watson basically scared everybody. And then Deshaun right. Watson comes in after being out and yeah, he was a little rusty, but like I didn't see anything super great from him at all last year. So now everybody's like, Oh, we just paid this guy $230 million. What, what are we going to do? And right. yeah, I could absolutely see that scaring a bunch of GM, a bunch of GMs, a bunch of owners are like, I'm, I'll give you a bunch of guaranteed money. I'm not fully guaranteeing it. Like we have right. to have it out. I mean, and if for people who want to point it like the Derek Carr deal and then the Daniel Jones deal, the ones that do that have just happened, those are structured like in ways that the the teams can get out of it and everything else. And before you can and before you hit me with, oh JR, you could structure the Lamar Jackson thing. Yeah, you could. And that's what I'm talking about. Like uh Jamal says Lamar doesn't have an agent, so it makes it harder for him. Plus, he's injury-prone and hasn't made it past the second round of the playoffs yet. These are all things that the Baltimore Ravens can then point at and say, look, I'm sorry, I'm not, you know, as as crappy as it sounds, you know, we're not doing, we're not going to give you a fully guaranteed contract. If he had an agent that was, you know, like talking to the league for him, Mm -hmm. then – like to other teams could truly know that, okay, look, Hey, he's, you know, it doesn't have to be fully guaranteed, but it can be, 
you know, poor, you know, per year more than what uh, Deshaun was making or what have you. But he has no representation. And if he's sitting there at a 25 year old, look, okay, perfect analogy. 23 years old, I bought this house, the one that I'm currently sitting in. I didn't have a daggum clue what I was doing. No clue. Never lived in a house before at that point in time. Never bought a house, obviously, at that point in time in my life. So what I had sitting there was a real estate agent and a lawyer that I trusted sitting there advising me on what I should do. And then I took all that information and back to other people I trusted. And I'm not saying Lamar isn't talking to people he trusts, but if he's not talking to actual agents who are used to dealing with these, uh, you know, these billionaires, then he's at a disadvantage. And I hate to see the fact that he's at a disadvantage. And what could be one of the most important decisions or things in his career. So anyway, let's, uh, Ken, you got anything else you want to add to that? No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. Having some sort of representation to kind of do this dirty work for him would it go a long way. It's, it's uncharted territory asking for a fully guaranteed deal without an agent, you know, and it's, um, it's no surprise that the waters are a bit murky right now. Right. And like AJ yeah. Evans hits it on the nail on that. They mm-hmm. don't want these fully guaranteed contracts to become the norm. If there is a collusion of any type, it's on backgrounds right there. That they don't want fully guaranteed contracts to become a norm. I mean, because you can't sit here and tell me that they're that a team is worried about assets. Look at what Denver gave up last year to get Russell Wilson. And then the contract that he turned around and signed for. They don't mind paying you $50 million a year. They've been paying Aaron Rodgers that for a while. Other quarterbacks have gotten that. Oh, so why can't Lamar? It's the fully guaranteed contract and the precedent that it sets. Yep. That's what they don't want. I can yep. almost bet you dollars, pesos, that if, if Lamar wasn't pushing for a, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't, I'm just saying that if he wasn't pushing for a fully guaranteed contract, I bet you he already assigned by now. Uh, to oh, yeah. me, it's the it's a precedent-setting thing that I don't think they want to continue because it's a loss of control. And if there's one thing I know, you know, there's two things. Aha, I'm going to add another thing. There's two things I know about billionaires. Billionaires like making money, and billionaires like being in control. You don't get billions of dollars in any situation by not wanting those two things. And what do like people in power don't give away power. That's plain and simple. That's the laws of the world. I don't care where you go, what country you're in, what we're even talking about. Folks in power don't want to give up power. So, yep. All right. All Did right. we cover that? Did we cover that? <laughs> Jonathan, you got anything else? I, I, I think, I think, I think we got that one. We can move on to Mr. McGarry here. There we go. All right, let's move on to some folks might think this is a a happier thing. I kind of one of them, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, In our own world, Caleb McGarry did not receive a franchise tag. That was something that was bandied about back and forth, whether they were going to franchise tag him or not. Obviously, 
he becomes a free agent the 15th of March. So they have a week per se to get a deal done if they want to sign him, but they weren't going to pay him $18 million to play for the Falcons this year. And I don't blame him. Kenny, what are your 30,000 foot thoughts on Caleb McGarry, not getting a franchise back? Look, I'm firmly on team bring Caleb back. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to push, you know, push the price too high or anything like <laughs> that, but it was just, you know, rewatching the games on Monday or Tuesdays, whenever the all 22 came out. One of the things I enjoyed most about this year was seeing off tackle right side, Lindstrom and McGarry get out in space, make perfect blocks and just open it up down the side yeah. for Tyler Algier. That was in my opinion, the strongest part of our team this year. And I didn't want to break that up, you know? No. So I would have like, I probably, if I were to flirt with numbers, 15 mil annually would be kind of the ceiling I set on a Caleb McGarry extension. But hey, if he's not taking that kind of money, if that's how talks are going and he's pushing for more, go get more, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're that... right. I am not going to bemoan a guy trying to get as much as he can get. Yeah. Angle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like these guys only get to sign one to two contracts their whole entire career on average. Right. Yep. So I'm not going to sit here and try to bemoan uh, him getting his bag. I will say this, though, something me and Jonathan uh, talked about later in the, like, as the year was winding down, watching him getting beat by Akeem Hicks around the edge on a speed rush from a 300 plus pound man. I could do without that. <laughs> like the road. He was caught off part, guard, man. He, he, oh, yeah. he was caught off. He was caught off guard. He was not. He's like, this is 300 pounds. He's going to try to bull rush me. I'm going to get my anchor. Up. What? No, you can't. No. Do, nah, can't <laughs> that do man that, went man. right around him. <laughs> that man went right around him. And then he goes back to the side. It's like, coach. I swear. He's not supposed to do that. He's supposed to bull rush me. Come on. Right. Right, so, why should I expect a speed rush out of this? Come on. Either way, we're, we're four years in. And he still can't handle a speed rush. Uh, his his run blocking went through the roof this year. And I, like you said, Kenny, I'd bring him back on that alone. But I don't want to pay him $18 million to do it. Yeah, that's... that's. Now, granted, if you're going to make that decision, this year's the year to do it, which was the other mm-hmm. side of that argument to me. But I would much rather sign him for like $13 million, $13, 14000000 million a year. Yeah. Why do you why do you think this year was the year to do it? Because we have the cap space right. to kind of take exactly gotcha. because we have the cap space. Yep. If he could reproduce it again for twenty twenty three, then entertain the idea of signing in the yeah. long term. But then you put yourself up against the walls having to sign him and Chris Lindstrom. Yeah, that's a lot of money dedicated. Right, to that is a and lot of money pretty, to dedicate. I understand that you know you want to you're kind of fresh into this new spending money you got. You want to allocate your resources appropriately and not, right. not put it all in one spot. I get it. One, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like second, Terry Fontenot. One second. Sorry. Tell me, it says, uh, he said, uh, anonymous because I'm not reading your name. Says, <laughs> well, my lunch is over. Have fun. Y'all <laughs> going to be thinking about uh, the rest of my shit. We appreciate you joining us on your lunch break and catch the rest of it afterwards. Take his name used to be anonymous. He done changed it to that. I'm not saying that. Pretty drastic change. Very, very drastic. <laughs> Sorry, I was not. Uh, I did mean to cut you off, but I didn't. So go for it, Jonathan. What do you have now? No, you're fine. Uh, oh. I agree that like 15 is the ceiling. I would like to see 12, 13. 
Yeah, like that's... I, I, like like a, a five year, twelve, thirteen per kind of situation. That's what I would like to see for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also know that not everybody can be Chris Lindstrom. Not everybody can be that guy that comes in and pretty immediately shows you, hey, I I deserve to be in this league, especially with offensive linemen. It can take them multiple years uh, to really get things down. And uh, but Gary, I felt like. <laughs> Appreciate that, Doctor Slick. I, I will there say, Doctor Slick. There you go. You gave me t- gave us ten bucks. Dr. That's Slick it. All right, fine. You you, you backed <laughs> me into a corner. I had to do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I felt like he made a big jump this year. His pass blocking, while not the best on the line, was better than it has been. Okay, I feel yeah. like he's finally kind of uh, turning the corner and. You know the the pass rushing uh, or the pass blocking um, that that is stuff he you know can get better at. So I would like to bring him back because you always want to keep that continuity if at all possible along the offensive line. So I would absolutely love to have him back. I'm hey, hoping I, this means we're think... trying to trying to do yeah. something where we can get him and still keep the hit like this year a little bit lower and maybe like have him really hit next year and they're going to extend. Shoot, I'd, and I'd take a bigger hit this year again. Like the idea that you're going to dump $67 million in one year is like probably even if you go out and sign Jesse Bates and like 15 other guys, like you're not going to eat up that much cap in one year. So if you want to like structure it in a way to where he gets a lot of money this year, and then the rest of the time, it's a low cap hit. I bet you he wouldn't be too upset by that, you know. So that's just my my two thoughts on or two cents on McGarry. Yeah. All right, keep this train right on a rocking and right on a rolling. Some good news. Uh, yep. We didn't go after Lamar, at least not yet, and we didn't tag McGarry. But Lorenzo Carter's back in the building, yes. and on a on a deal that I think very much as is like the deal that I wanted to see for him. Cause I've been saying for a while now that um, I would love Lorenzo Carter back, but more at a role player type money versus like I'm hitching my wagon to this guy kind of money. Yeah. And that's what we got. What was it about a 5 million a year signed a two year deal for a little under 9 million. And I think it's structured at like 3 million. Uh... With the I, yeah, I, I think it's I, th- I think it's two two at nine million. Uh, with incentives, he can get a max of ten. Right. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, he it, five and a quarter guaranteed. Kind of, okay, five. It's kind and of the same. Th- I think there's a pl- I think there's a team option for the second year, just like his last contract with right. us. Uh, so it, it essentially is another one year with a potential for another t- for two years. Yeah. Uh, so spot track so, doesn't have the details out just yet, but yeah, that's what's right. been reported. So now Kenny, I want to get your thoughts on it. Like we are going into this year, looking at what new Orleans did on defense, thinking that that's what Nielsen is going to like attempt to try to recreate. Mm-hmm. How do you see Lorenzo Carter fitting in what, like in that style of defense, out of cube, how where do you see him like playing it like the same role kind of like he did this year? Yeah, you know they've talked about not make like. First off, I'm a guy that I'm not as sure as others what this defense is going to look like. 
You know, I'm kind of like cautiously like trying to blend ideas from P's defense and the defenses that Dennis Allen ran in New Orleans and kind of like try and find common common assignments there and piece it all together. I haven't done a great job of it just yet. I'll work on it more during the summer when draft season is over. (laughs) Well, when we can see what the pieces are. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm, Yep. Because even like the last two years, to your point, like uh, P's didn't run his traditional defense that he's been running. Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot more zone coverage. It was a lot less uh, double A gap blitzing or, you know, sending both backers, you know. So it wasn't necessarily the the defense that we saw. Oh, Lord, student, he going to tie me up here. All right, Stu, I'm going to get to that in just one second. All right. (laughs) Anyway, so it's I think you're on to something with I'm not sure we are 100% sure what this defense is going to look like schematically. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Zoe Carter is a scheme versatile player. You know, I know that he stood up and did a lot of things, but I could see him, you know, taking on more true kind of even front responsibilities. I mean, they ran a lot of even fronts this year, a lot of four three under looks as well. So it's not like right. it's a foreign foreign concept for him. Right. They ran a lot of four man fronts. And that's yeah. what like the big thing that we talk about with Nielsen is in New New Orleans is the idea that he liked bigger edges. Yes, you know, uh, like uh, Cameron Jordan and uh, Marvin Dav, uh, Marcus, 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 Marcus yeah. I was like, as soon as Peyton I said that, Turner, I was like, right. Um, right. Carl all those Anderson, guys are bigger yeah. dudes, you know. So that's what we've gone off of, but that doesn't mean that that's what he's coming to do. This is his first time, you know, Running the having show. the reins, mm-hmm. you know, calling the shots. So, all right, hold on. Before we get too much further, Stu likes to try to tongue tie me. Uh, this is something that, like, can like still follows me, from, you know, from last year when we talk about like you know five all the words and and we over here pontificating and things like that. So, Stuart Pephead untipped us ten dollars, which we greatly appreciate. He says, "Thank you, Stu. Uh, fairly fun for what is that? Th- what is that word? Formactics. Formactics. Formactics." All right, fairly fun for Mactics for C fractally ferocious fanfare for future fall. Good lord. <laughs> that's going that's going, going easy. No, no, that, that is going easy for <laughs> Stu. That is definitely there's been a handful that he'll hit me with, and I'm just like, Stu, I can't. I just can't do it. You're gonna make me look crazy. Because see, the problem is like all that started up from like drafting guys like AD Ogandeji and those guys that have like more like consonants in their name than I do. And me looking at it going, I got nothing. I don't know how to. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so yeah, the steam, the scheme versatility of Lorenzo Carter was, was the reason why I wanted him back. Him dropping into coverage, him uh, setting the edge. No, mm-hmm. he's not a guy that's going to give you double digit sacks every year, but a range of four to six sacks on a on a yearly basis with you know pressures and tackles for loss i think gets you the kind of contract that he just got yeah and and i think he's a guy that you know he wants to be here like from norcross uh like loves being back you know here in atlanta so yeah i i am super glad to have him back yeah, I, you don't want him, you know, ideally he's not a starter for you heading right. forward. I Maybe he'll start in base packages and technically be a starter. Mm-hmm. But if he's the fourth guy in your defensive line rotation, which is something <laughs> I do expect is a heavy rotation of guys, Right, I'm happy with that. Especially exactly. considering, like, as you said, that's what the contract 
that's what the money says. Right. You know, anything north of seven a year would have been would have signaled to me that they were going to be depending on him to like bring the pain on a consistent basis. Yeah. And that would have worried me. But, you know, the idea that, you know, he uh, you know, wasn't asked to to do that, I, I think was was well done. Or for some reason, our names went away. I don't know why our names went away. Oh, well, not not the end of the world. Okay. So, <clears throat> Jonathan, you got anything to add? I think I've been running uh, over you tonight. Just the, um, you know, when we did the, uh, 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 what was it? Uh, keep trade. Uh, uh, trade cut keep. Trade cut keep. I could, yes. uh, my brain just <laughs> on me for a second. But uh, when we did the trade cut keep, I think we were both in the, we would like to keep him if we can get him at a reasonable deal, which is exactly right. what we got. Yep. Uh, I like him because he seems, uh, because of some of the stuff that I know uh, Jr. talked about, which is he is one of the few guys that I feel like when you listen to him talk and you watch him play, you see the enthusiasm and the energy. Like he feels like a guy that wants to be here and wants to make this, uh, you know, and he he wants this franchise to exceed you know, to, to succeed, right? Like, yeah, he, he doesn't feel like he's a guy. I'm sure you know if he if somebody were to offer him you know twelve million dollars a year, he would go wherever that was, and that's perfect. I would not hate on the man, but yeah. he doesn't necessarily feel like he's a mercenary for the Falcons at the very least. He doesn't feel like that. He feels right, like a guy. He seems almost like he could be like that glue guy, kind of a build the culture within the locker room kind of guy. Yeah. Of like, this is the Falcons. That's right. You know, yep. This, you know, this we are Atlanta. You know, this yep. that's what he feels like. And I think uh, you know, getting him at the the price that we got him at is perfect because uh, it doesn't. You know, we're not we're not overpaying to keep a guy because he doesn't want to be here. Uh, you know. We're not overpaying a guy just because we have to. Right. Uh, we're, we paid a guy what he was worth. He was willing to to come back at that price. Uh, and I was I'm super happy about that. Right. Uh, our buddies out of your Falcon mind brought up a good point. It says AK47 isn't the prototypical Nielsen uh, prototypical guy Nielsen has had either. We'll be interested to see how he uses him. Uh, beef up the D line and let's go to work. Yeah, I think the D line is going to get beefed up. I think that's going to be the play at least this year, you know, and depending on, you know, what, because you got to remember Nielsen was in charge of like blitz packages and the defensive line and stuff like that in new Orleans. So depending on how he sees how these guys could, can get used, you know, he may be like ready to scheme up a whole bunch of different things. Well, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I was reading today is like everybody's so worked up on Nielsen as far as like, Oh, you know, this is what Sam. Uh, this is how the defense was run in New Orleans. This is what we're going to do. This and then the other, yada yada yada. And then it's like, wait a minute, Nielsen. That that defense was ran because that was Dennis Allen's defense, right? Nielsen was running Dennis Allen's defense. Now, yep. now that he's the guy that can kind of put the defense together how he wants it to be, it may look completely different than 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 that defense because he feels like this is a better way to go than, than the way Dennis Allen did it. So there's no for sure way to know exactly what this defense is going to look like until we get into camp, until we start getting into the preseason games and then, the, the, you know, into the regular season, really, before we really know 
exactly what this defense is going to be. So. That's it. Exactly. Uh, now, let's see. Before I guess before we move too far off free agency stuff, some other names that didn't get tagged are uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson mm-hmm. in Philly, which uh, we got our last installment of the free agency videos, and that might be like a little little teaser there of who might show up in, in you know, on, on that video because he's a guy who I could easily see wanting to be reunited with Nielsen, uh, you know, potentially with, you know, Terry Fontenot, his days in New Orleans. Uh, so if, if Philly doesn't bring him back, then I could easily see them trying to go get him versus, you know, sticking with Isaiah Oliver. Be interested to see how that transpires. Uh, Dermont Jones, a guy that we talked about on our uh, front seven video, he didn't get franchised either. So they either feel good about being able to sign him or, uh, you know, they may just be letting him test free agency. I don't know what defense they're going to try to run up there. And Holy Pete Glory Hands says, uh, salute guys from Puerto Rico. Rise up. Hmm. Holy Pete, good job. That's awesome. Puerto Rico. That Rise up, be, man. That might be the furthest away that we've ever had somebody watch us. So thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Just got derailed by that one. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, what what's your thoughts on guys like you know Dermont Jones or you know Gardner Johnson? Like are those guys that you would immediately try to swing after? I think both would be quality additions to a defense sorely in need of that kind of talent. Right. CJ Gardner Johnson, his role is kind of easy to project. He played a lot more um, kind of split safety looks in Philadelphia than he did in New Orleans. So I kind of like him in that role. And obviously, we all know that he's been a stud nickel as well so there is a spot for cj garner johnson in this defense regardless of how it looks don't get it twisted i would oh yeah i'd take him in a heartbeat i really think we could use that kind of that kind of attitude and swagger on the defense too you know like i you hate it when you're playing against it but he'll be one of your favorite players when it's for your team so yep unless Uh, he's unless he's punching his own teammates uh like he had a tendency (laughs) to do in new orleans but if you can keep that under control, right? Yeah, let's yeah. not punch every. You know, I hear you. Trash, uh, trash talk all you want, man. <laughs> uh, Josh Gillum asks an uh, interesting question while we're talking about uh, free agency. Says, you know, Jake Matthews has a twenty-eight million dollar cap hit next year. That's way too much. Thoughts on that, fellas? Um, I think I think I think they either if they can't get, I think they're trying to restructure it. I mean, or they're going I mean, to try to extend him. Well. Didn't they just extend him though? Like yeah, last, last year? season. Mm-hmm. Last yeah, they just season? gave him a new deal. Him and Grady yeah. both. Right. I, to- I totally forgot that happened. Yeah, they, uh, they, 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 they they'll, they'll probably restructure. I right. think I think they're not going to touch it if they don't have to. No, I don't see. I think they have the space to. And if they do adjust it, then let's say that Jake struggles because I mean he's getting long in the tooth, let's just be honest. Like there will be a day when his play I think oh, yeah. I think there will be a day when his play struggles. We haven't seen it yet. But if no. that situation were to happen, you eat the high cap hit now. So down the road, when you cut ties, it's not as um, it's not as detrimental, right? Down. Yeah. Yep. And like if like say they decide to like draft a guy like uh, uh, Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones to play right tackle for a year or two, and then move over to left, you know, a couple years from now. That might be a count, but yeah, I don't. I'm, I think I'm with you. I don't. I think right now there's, you're not, 
barring anything changing, you're not paying a big cap hit for much of anybody. So, you know, eating it right now is fine. Kind of like the same point I was making earlier with Caleb McGeary. Like, if you were going to franchise him, this year was the year to do it, you know, because you had the space to handle it. Um, I guess we'll – let's see, do I have a – I do not have a free agency banner, so we're just going to keep going with that banner. Uh, You said um, Jermon Jones, though? Yeah. Where do you guys think he would play in – this defense, and as we said, we're not 100% sure what to expect schematically. Uh, but he played a lot of three, a lot of one for Denver, from my understanding. So I'm curious as to, you know. I think you, that you would, in your four-man fronts, which I think that we're going to play a, a ton of, I think you put him right next to Grady Jarrett. And you're like, oh, that's a lot of uh-huh. you know penetrating. What's that? Did you hear me? Uh-oh. The outside oh, I would uh depending on matchups, that's like with his versatility, but I would mainly play him on the inside, like next to Grady Jarrett, and then have your you're bracketed by uh Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Lorenzo Carter, D'Angelo Malone, or like AK forty six. You see what I'm saying? Like you mix up your edges yeah. with depending on what looks you're you're trying to uh look after, but I think you play him inside, and it's almost like a big NASCAR at that point. With Dermont Jones okay. next to Grady Jarrett, you know, they're both like penetrating three techs who, you know, get into the backfield. Then you have, like, if you have edge benders on the outside, you know, that becomes like, like I said, like a, a big NASCAR. At least that's how I see it. I see the yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like, I would, uh, like, the, the guy has enough talent that he, and, and, and he's versatile enough that you can play him inside or out. Um, same way we do with Jarrett. Like Jarrett sometimes is on the outside. Um, and, you know, whether that's so that he can run a game on the inside or just straight pass rushing from the edge, he can do it. I think Draymond Jones is the same guy, same kind of guy. And then when you do uh, get into those third and longs uh, or, or obvious passing downs, then you, you know, if you can get, Garrett and get Tremont inside and get your 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 edge rushers on the outside and let him just try to eat uh, as best you can. I will say that if I had a choice in the matter, uh, like if I literally could say which one it would go with, I would probably go with uh, Javon Hargrave. Uh, I love I really really like Draymond Jones, but I would probably go with Javon Hargrave if I can get him over Draymond. I think. He gives us a little bit more of like a little bit more beef, uh, a little, little bit more run stopping, a little yeah. bit more run stopping potential, while also still being uh, a pretty good penetrator, uh, giving a, a you know decent pass rush as well out of that. But uh, but he's more just like causing chaos in the in the in the passing game and hoping and, you know, and then allowing the other guys to to really feast uh, would be my guess. But uh, but. Either one, either one of those guys, like adding either one to that defensive line, immediately makes the defensive line better. In sure. almost in in most situations, yeah, Draymond Jones is a little lighter, so doesn't quite give you the run stopping potential. But uh, but I, the guy's just so powerful and so quick and so just explosive that you can't help but make your defensive line better. 
<clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like those kind of guys, you know, you 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 make a way for them. I guess is is how I would put it. But like I said, that big NASCAR. What would you do? It, I mean, if and if you're going Draymond Jones, you're you're probably not going three four then uh, very often. Uh, yeah, you yeah, probably if, not if go yeah in a true three four look. Yeah, because you're because unless you're going to go grab. Uh, Size, uh, size, size, Siaki, the yeah, whatever that, whatever. Oh, Siaki Ika. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, say that again. So I, I can si- remember this. Siaki Ika. Siaki Ika. Okay. All right, that's that way dude, better than Sakai Akai that I was saying. <laughs> now, now I could see you getting somebody like a Draymond Jones if your plan is to, uh, hopefully, maybe in like the second round, go pick up a guy like that to be your like big nose tackle then if you want to run a three four you put him in the middle and then you flank him with grady and uh draymond then you have your four linebackers lorenzo ak okay uh, what have you rashawn evans and uh uh, that's an interesting name you think we think we bring back evans kenny what's your thoughts there i um i think there was that report yeah i remember and michael rothstein is kind of said on his podcast that they would consider bringing him back at the right price. They were pleased with this play overall. Um, I feel like if Evans was coming back, it would have happened already. Like if he's, if he's not brought back by Monday, then I don't yeah. think he's coming back. Right. I, I was actually thinking like if by Friday or Saturday, we don't hear something about it, you know, mm-hmm. he may be trying to, to uh, maybe trying to move on somewhere else. Yeah. So speaking of moving on, let's talk about like we're almost an hour into this thing and we haven't really even got into the topics that we brought Kenny on for, which is <laughs> it's a busy day. Happened. It was a busy right. day, man. <laughs> That's right. And look, look, Dre Murphy's over here making fun of me. Let JR pronouncing names. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Okay. Uh, but anyway, the combine. The combine has almost like completely been forgotten because of the things that happened today. Um, but that took place over the weekend, starting on Thursday, finishing up on Saturday, uh, Sunday. And we had some really interesting things pop out, you know, in my opinion. Uh, you had guys who tested way better than we thought they were going to test. Some guys didn't test as well as we thought they were going to test. But all in all, like, who were some of the guys that like really stood out to you in a positive way, Kenny? So there were quite a few standout performances. Um, one guy that stood out to me, who I haven't seen him getting a whole lot of buzz, but Paris Johnson Jr. blew up the combine, in my opinion. I was incredibly imp- impressed with the movement skills he displayed during drills, as well as the measurements he brought in. I mean, let's see. His arm, his arm length, if I can get this. 36 inches. Yeah, 36 and a half inches. That's 96th percentile among tackles. The wingspan, 85 and a half, 95th percentile. Like, I, I knew he was a big that's guy, three, but that, that's that kind of way. Yeah. That's, that's three feet away from you that he can hit you in the mouth. Yeah. Like, like you, all you say to the gentleman like that is, yes, sir. Like, that's what you say. <laughs> like, that's all. Like, that man, that is. I well, didn't realize. And, and the, well, and the, and the crazy thing is, with even with arms that long, he still did like really good. Uh, you know, with the like like bench press, twenty nine reps. Yeah, with, with those arms, that's that's, that's some that's strength. A long way. Yeah, that's, 
That's he's the SL young guy. And he his movement is exceptional. I was I wasn't sh- I knew he was athletic, wasn't sure what to expect heading into Indy. But hey, he he aced it, man, in my opinion. I was thoroughly impressed. Impressed enough to where like I with McGarry leaving, we might have to have a conversation about him. Well, I and maybe that's the reason why they aren't as like hard pressed to tag McGarry. Like because maybe. you got guys like Paris Johnson, you got Dewan Jones, you got Darnell Wright, Broderick, Broderick Jones. Jones too. Mm-hmm. Like there's some quality tackles. And and that's not even getting into like uh the the guy who I'm not gonna butcher his last name, the dude out of Northwestern with his little short T Rex arms. Uh, <laughs> Peter Skaronsky. Mm-hmm. There it is. See, see, I'm I'm just gonna have to have you on more often so that you can pronounce these names <laughs> for me because it's not that hard, JR. It's Skaronsky. Yeah, Come sure. On, Go ahead. Look, <laughs> look. A complete side note. There's a there's a book in the Bible that I, I just say that it's the book that I shall not name. And it's only because I can't say it. And it starts with an E. Not even gonna try it because there's no point. But just just know that pronunciations no, not Ephesians. I know Ephesians. It's the one in the Old Testament. It's it's I'm not even gonna try to say it because I'm gonna it. Ezekiel? But, yeah. Yes, yes. No, not Ezekiel. Uh, Exodus. Ecclesiastes. It's class. It's easy. Ecclesiastes. It's oh, e- e- Exodus. Ecclesiastes. Uh-huh. Ecclesiastes. There it is. No. Ecclesiastes. Anyway, sorry. Complete nerd <laughs> sidebar. But yeah, like like the the guy from Northwestern, his arms were much shorter, so he like projects more as a guard. But then you have these other guys who are like far and away showing that that they belong at tackle. Uh, you know, with with you know, broad like I said, uh, Broderick Jones. Yeah, no, not gonna do it. That's that's Adi Adi is what that gentleman's name is. <laughs> Adi Adi. I'll go with that. And I, yeah, but we appreciate the two dollar tip. Yes, if we could come away with a mixture of those three, uh, Cody Ma, Derek Har, Derek Hall, and Adi Adi, that'd be great. So anyway, sorry, I derailed all that enough. <clears throat> who were some of the other guys that, that stood out to you, whether it be good or bad? You know, you, like you can be like, oh, dang, this guy didn't live up to the hype I thought he had. Okay, I'll do I'll do one more good because I'm preaching positivity tonight. There you go. There you there go. go. Um, and I'm sure the dogs fan, dog fans are going to love this. You guys probably already know where I'm going with it. Nolan Smith Dude. came in there <laughs> and just blew the doors off, man. I – I knew he was an athlete, and he's a Georgia guy, so obviously he's going to, you know, look good at the combine. But a four three nine, a four three nine at two hundred thirty eight pounds, one five two split, which is historically the best. That is insane. Insane that is, burst, man. Coming off an like, injury too, just and you know he he measured in small on um when whenever they landed, he measured in kind of small, which is fine to be expected, but. Right. To display that level of athleticism, man. You know, Todd McShay had him going to us at eight this morning in his new I saw that. that. I saw that. that. That's like, the kind of jump he made, man. That's how impressive a workout that is. He blew the doors off. I like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I like Nolan at eight. Yeah, but no. I think he definitely put himself in the first round, or at least mm-hmm. no higher than the top end of the second, or no lower than the top end of the second round. Yeah, I think he locked himself into day one and the 41 and a half inch vert. I forgot to mention. God, that is <laughs> just alien yeah, numbers. Like, 
the the only thing I the only thing I like how t- like how tall is he? Was he what six three? Yeah, or he's six two and a half, two hundred and thirty eight pounds. Yeah, like that's not ideal know, size for an edge rusher. No, he came in like, he came in small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you yeah. but if you're playing him as a, like a a Sam linebacker and thinking that like you're gonna blitz him, you know a decent amount of the time, but drop him in, like think that his athleticism is going to carry him in coverage and stuff like yeah. that. Then like that's it. Those Georgia guys are your bait. You're winning. You're betting on trades. Same thing with Trayvon Walker last year. Like you can't necessarily look at how they were played or their production in a weird way. You're betting on the just athletic freakness that they are yeah. and that that's going to win once you, lock them into a spot you know uh the one that that kind of stood out to me was at least i think is a is a good thing is like will anderson coming in at 253 uh because they had him like alabama had him listed at like 230 yeah i saw high 230s as well and good yeah that's it's a great he that was a good weight for him and still Mm -hmm. being as athletic as he was um Fred Butts tipped us two dollars, and we appreciate it. Fred Butts, what's up? Time. He says, uh, "If we don't get uh, Carter, uh, we must get Smith." I don't know if I agree with that statement, but it brings up: Where do you think Carter goes now? With the stuff that transpired at the combine, how do you think that causes him to slide? Um, no, no, yeah. not at all. I think he's still a top five lock. I think that um. Barring any charges actually, you know, holding up. Right. I think that, you know, that the NFL has always shown us they care about football more than anything else. And he's too Correct. good of a football player to slide too far. So I think it like I don't I don't think it greatly affects his draft stock, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't I don't think especially with it being a misdemeanor. Yeah, exactly. Know, it's it, not a mm-hmm. if it was a felony, then like Right. Misdemeanor, yeah, like exactly. when it like, came out that he got charged with a misdemeanor and that he was back at the combine the next day. Yes. I don't know. Uh, what, was it Leo uh, Collins? Leo Collins. Dude, the, yeah, wasn't, wasn't he the guy that, like, literally a picture of him, like, having, a fa- a having the gas mask on and smoking out of a bong or something like that, that came out that the was day La- before the draft? Laramie Tunsil. Laramie yeah, Tunsil. Laramie, Laramie Tunsil. Tunsil. Uh, he made was he ended up either going in like the fifth, sixth, like he no, was. No, okay. like, he went in the second, wasn't it? He didn't it was fall way later than that. Now, Leo uh, Collins, Lyle fell hard, but he fell because of, uh, uh, I think it was like, like sexual allegations, something like that. It was, was some that? kind of weird. And then shortly after the draft, he came out that that. He had like nothing to do with it. All there were no charges, nothing like stuck, and he ended up sign going undrafted and signing a big deal with uh, the Cowboys. I think is what it was. It was so, a murder investigation, which yeah. he was later cleared of. Exactly. So. Yeah. He like I said, he went undrafted, and like both of those guys fell. Tunsil fell because of the gas mask thing. Collins fell because of the uh, murder investigation that he was later then cleared of. Uh, and so, but yeah, I don't, with this happening as early as it has, cause both those things came out like night of draft, wasn't it? Or real yeah. close to mm-hmm. it. And so with this thing coming out as early as it did, there's plenty of time yep. for the NFL to do its due diligence and 
figure out if it's going to be worth anything to worry about or not. Uh, so um, I, I still think, yeah, I don't think he goes out of the top five myself. And there's already been reports that he don't make it past eight. You know, there that's I mean, already been said more than once. I, I've I've already and I said this on uh, one of the videos or live stream. I may have said it on multiples of them. Personally, if I'm a GM, if I was a GM and I had the number one pick, I don't. I honestly don't care what my quarterback position looks like. I'm still picking Jalen Carter. I think he, <laughs> personally, to me, I think he is the best player in this draft, bar none. Um, that's just, and that's just how I feel about it. So like. If we were going to uh, move up in the draft, I don't think that we would move up in the draft to go get a quarterback. Uh, honestly, I, I just don't. I think if we if we were to move up, it's because we feel like we we're, we could move up a few spots because maybe quarterbacks go with the first four picks. Uh, you know, literally, you think- like everybody, everybody the, it's just a clean sweep of that top four picked uh, or quarterbacks. Maybe we're like, let's see if we can get to five. Let's see if we can get to six. Whatever. If we were going to do that, I. The guy I would think we go for is uh, Jalen Carter. Right. Uh, but speaking of of moving up, what do you think of like it? Pretty much come out that the Falcons talked to every quarterback that was available at at the combine, or at least all the names you would want them to talk to. And there were reports that they had like had checked in on what the price of you know moving up to one would be. Uh, do you any like thoughts other than due diligence on that, Kenny? I think that it's good that they're doing their due diligence here. You know, I know there's a lot of Ritter fans and that's fine. Whatever way you spin it, we're not a hundred percent sure what he is. And until we're a hundred percent sure, then you have to do your due diligence, explore all options, you know? And if you find something you like, you you do what it takes to go get it. And I'm not saying that's the right path. I'm not saying that's what they will do. This, this is the time to explore every option available. I mean, the first year here with Matt Ryan in, in uniform coming off of a good year statistically, they were at every QB's pro day. Mm-hmm. They were at Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. They were at all of their pro days. They yep. were doing their research. They were doing their homework. And it's not only for us, but if they find themselves sitting at eight and a CJ Stroud is there for some odd reason, or a Will Levis is still there. They need to know what that value is if a team calls up. Yep. And and wants it. Like they need to have, you know, a better idea. Uh so yeah. it didn't surprise me one bit, A, that they had a formal meetings with all the quarterbacks, and B, that they had preliminary talks. That's what you do. Yeah. You know, that's that's how the game is played, right? Yep. Uh, <clears throat> this aspect of it. Now, there's. A, I want to get your thoughts on on this stuff, Kenny, <clears throat> because I'm just interested to hear what what you think about it. the The case of Levis and Richardson potentially both have been talked about going before the Bryce Young <laughs> and C.J. Stroud which I find to be insane. Like to me, like I get it. Richardson had probably like combine wise, the get the best combine that a quarterback could ever have in this Mm -hmm. like modern NFL. I get it. Like, so I saw today that somebody views him as the perfect blend of uh, Josh Allen, Cam Newton and Justin Fields. 
So I guess it's the running ability of Fields, the arm strength of Allen, and the inaccuracy of Cam Newton. <laughs> no? Okay. My bad. Anyway. So, but early See what on, you did there. You saw, you saw that? that you, called, what I, you like that? Okay, good. I'm, I worked on that one today, okay? Like I'm driving <laughs> in my truck. <laughs> that one out just to thin air, right? Anyway. So uh, early on, we had reports that Will Levis could potentially go first overall. Like, am I crazy or does that seem like insanity to you? So, first off, let me tell the chat over there, calling Anthony Richardson a running back, that I am high on the young man. I like him as a prospect. He's a quarterback, not a running back, all right? (laughs) But even though I'm high on that and I value traits when I'm evaluating quarterbacks, let me tell you right now that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are better prospects than Anthony Richardson is. And for Anthony Richardson to go over them, I understand the train of thought behind it, but I think it would be the wrong decision. And as we all know by now, Anthony Richardson, record-setting combine numbers. But you know what was just as impressive to me? That C.J. Stroud throwing throwing session was, I mean. You can't ask for much (laughs) more than that. No. Like yeah, you no, you Anthony, was... Anthony Anthony Richardson is a guy that honestly, like that's a guy that you draft if you already have a quarterback that he can sit behind, like a like not even necessarily like a great quarterback, but just a guy hell sit behind Kirk Cousins, right? But he's a guy you sit in behind another quarterback, learn from that because uh, he's he is not a day one starter, no. in my opinion. Uh, now he could he could prove me wrong, get drafted, play day one, look great. Absolutely could. And if he does that, I will applaud the young man for really putting himself, uh, you know, to putting his nose to the grindstone and doing the things that he needed to do to be successful in the NFL. I will absolutely do that. To this point, yes, in shorts looks great. On the field, eh, eh. <laughs> you know, it's just like when it mattered. Like when it really mattered, like uh, the it, it just it's this it's super inconsistent. God, his accuracy just doesn't wow it, you. It doesn't like, doesn't wow me at all. Right now, look, Josh brings up a really good point here. It says Josh Allen went to Wyoming and put up horrible numbers and still went high. Richardson is not far off, in my opinion. Yes, like the fact that that Josh Allen, at least under Brian Dable looked like a, you know, world breaking quarterback or like, you know, uh, the, the new trend. And now every time you get a big, big armed quarterback, we're now comparing every one of them to Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is more of an anomaly than anything else. And you even saw like a little bit of a like regression in his game a little bit this year that could just be getting used to a new OC or what have you, but he didn't look as decisive at times this year. So betting on those traits is a gamble, especially like it was a gamble for Trayvon Walker. Like you're for the Jags taking Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. And this year alone, that doesn't look like the right move, right? You know, just as their rookie campaigns, who knows what bears out in years to come, but taking that kind of gamble on a quarterback is what will get you fired. Uh, So I'll be interested to see, like where he does end up going and how he does. Uh, <clears throat> now, 
there was another question that I was going to ask outside of Richardson and. Well, okay. Let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, who do we think came into the, the combine star shining bright that fell the farthest? Who, who do we think fell the farthest at coming? They they came in. They're like this guy. They're expecting great things. You know, combine. You know, prior to combine, now it's like you know, nowhere near what he was. I don't know if I have an answer for who fell the furthest. I do think that a couple prospects hurt themselves. I think that miles murphy weighing in significantly smaller than what he was advertised as like significantly smaller and then not working out i think that wasn't great for his stock brian branch was being flirted with as a top 10 pick heading into the weekend and you knew athleticism was in his game but still no matter what way you cut it low four sixes was slower than we expected um Keely Ringo was a guy who was supposed to have a plus superb athleticism and he ran a good 40, but his other measurements were also underwhelming. There's, and then um, I don't think Bryce Young hurt his stock, but you understand how these other guys are all getting buzzed from their throwing sessions. And, you know, that's kind of letting them like catch up to him a little bit. I don't think that's going to matter. I still think he's the favorite to go one, but would like to see him throw although it was a huge win for him weighing in over 200 pounds so that was a pretty that. big that was yeah that was pretty big like like him him weighing in over 200 pounds like now you can get him closer to the like drew Brees talk yeah like, well so so the the uh some somebody i can't remember who it was i read somewhere somebody's like the re, like yeah he got to 205 but that was specifically the reason why he didn't throw yeah, I'm sure. Like, because, I'm sure he was in the bathroom every 30 minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so like he he was he's you know yes he comes and weighs in at 205. He's not mm-hmm. playing at 205. The no. guy's playing at 185, 190. That's his playing weight. So right. I mean, yeah, if you get if you're gullible enough to be like, yeah, he can put 205 on, uh, and he's actually going to play at that weight. That's not, now he may gain a little bit uh, over, over the next couple of years just through. Being in the in the weight room, yeah, NFL the weight room and stuff yeah. like that, you know. But but, but I think, and then on top of that, the guy had to wear platform shoes uh, <laughs> to, to to his to his briefing. You know, Ooh. I mean, like how are you gonna do that, Drew, man? Like that? <laughs> I, I'm just saying he had he wore platform shoes to his briefing. Uh, the guy's five ten, literally is five ten. Okay, Drew Brees was like six foot, and that dude was had to stand on his tippy toes to look over the line all the time. Like, yeah, but he that, made it work. I mean, look, yeah, if we can, if we can look at every big, uh, big arm quarterback and compare him to Josh Allen, then we can look at every midget quarterback and compare him <laughs> to Drew Brees. Right. Same yeah, but logic, he's even, right? he's like, he's like sub midget. Like he's even <laughs> okay, shorter than that. He's like, we're Spud get, Webb is taller than he is. No, he's not. He's Spud Webb five, is, three. Come on. Five, three. Spud was, no, he can no. dunk. Yeah. But yeah, but Spud Webb, like his, his, his ego, like his talent level was, through the roof, ah. man. It helped. It helped him get up there. But gotcha. uh, like, just Muggsy Bogues, man. Same. <laughs> still taller. Uh, any uh, yeah, Bryce Young? Like, I think he's got great talent. I just, I'm scared that he's going to get in the league, uh, and he's not going to be really be able to see anything downfield unless he's rolling out. 
or they yeah. very specifically block in a way to like part the Red Sea for him to be able to see downfield. Open um, up the passing lanes a little bit. Yeah. Right. You're gonna have to, but 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 that but then if you start doing stuff like that, then you probably more easily open yourself. I, I'm guessing I am not a guru, I am not a coach, I am not sure. anything. Sure. No, but okay. I would I would imagine that if you're blocking specifically to try to open up those lanes, that may open you up more to like blitz uh is a little bit maybe maybe a little bit harder to do blitz pickups, things like that, and maybe leave you a little bit more wide open for that stuff. I don't know. But uh, but that's maybe the risk reward of doing it like that. I, don't know. I mean, he's definitely an outlier. I mean, even at Alabama, he's probably he gets a little extra depth in his drops, and right. I think that's because he's shorter. You know, a lot yeah. of his best plays are out of structure, out of the pocket. Maybe being shorter has something to do with that. It is well, encouraging though that you know that height, and he's made up for it in some ways. And you know, he did play in the toughest conference in college football. It didn't. You know, he was great there. So there, there's hope, but it is an outlier situation. And that's probably why he's not like the odds on number one overall. Pick, right. You know? If he's, if he's six foot two, I don't think he has any. Yeah. I don't think he, no, like no. If he's six two, 220 and playing the same way, Mike, we're not even talking. I mean, hell, him, hell, right? if he's six, if he's six foot, 200 pounds, if that's his playing height, weight, like everything. Six foot, two hundred pounds. This guy is consensus number one, right? No problem, but I, at I, all. I still think it's hilarious. Granted, it's we're just now getting into the smokescreen and lying season, but <clears throat> like the fact that there's even been discussion of Anthony Richardson or Will Evis going over Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, especially after the game that Stroud played against Georgia. Holy Pete! Like I can't. Yeah, if if I if I'm going to pick a if I if and I personally I am fine with Ritter. I want to roll with Ritter. I want to build the rest of the team around Ritter. Or if Ritter doesn't work out, I want to build the rest of the team so that whoever we do drop in has a much greater chances right. of success. Uh, but I I want to give Ritter a full offseason with the ones with the first team reps. I want to do all that stuff. But if I was going to pick a quarterback and I was in a position to do so. And all of the quarterbacks were available to me. I would pick CJ. Right. That's who I would. Like, I'm not, I'm not flirting with Le- Levis. Yeah. If Richardson blows up and is like the next big thing. Okay, cool. I got egg on my face yep. today as it stands right now. If you have the choice between all four of those quarterbacks and you don't choose CJ Stroud, I think you made a mistake. Yep. I'm I, right. What is a in in that scenario, like out of these four quarterbacks, who would you be rolling with? Say you had to roll with one. Who's who's Kenny G rolling with? No, did we lose Kenny? You got me. We're not. Kind of. We're getting there. Oh, probably. I think I think we got you now. Yep, we got you now. Yeah, go ahead. Like, yeah, answer that question. shoot, Shoot out more. Yeah. So if I had a role with one quarterback, just picking picking them all, price not not worrying about trading up or anything like that, just taking my pick out of all of them. Ooh, that's tough because I am a huge <laughs> Anthony Richardson fan. Are <laughs> you I really? Think, that, I, think, hey, look, that's... I, I bet on traits, man. You know, been wrong, right? Been right, right. We'll see. I, but I, um, I think C.J. Stroud is the safest bet, man. Um, I think yeah. I'm just. 
so impressed with what he did against Georgia, the questions he's answered. You know, I don't buy into that Ohio State quarterback narrative. It was a Texas yeah. Tech quarterback narrative at one point, and we saw what came out of that. So, right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Stroud would be my pick. Although, like I said, I'm a huge AR fan, and I think his fit in this offense would be phenomenal. Right. No, I completely agree. So, who are some of the uh, other guys that you want to do uh, highlight uh, before we jump into the chat for a few minutes? So, one guy I want to quickly um i think deserves a shout out is who i think we could all agree would be the most if you were to get falcons fans to agree on anything which you never oh. will no. i think they'd come closest to agreeing on christian gonzalez with the eighth overall pick yeah he looked he, real good he looked he, smooth first off <laughs> measured in over six well over six one pushing six two 197 pounds weight checks out all that ran a four three eight forty at that size 41 and a half vertical, and he looked silky smooth during all the drills, as he did on the field. It translated directly. I was just really impressed with this young man. Taking him with the eighth overall pick, putting him opposite A.J. Terrell, would give the Falcons one of the best young corner duos in the NFL immediately. Right out the rear. I mean, I put – put so imagine this. Uh, A.J. Terrell, one side, Christian Gonzalez, deep safety, either Bates or uh, – CJ Gardner Johnson, uh, and then you know Isaiah Oliver, Richie Oliver, Grant, get Richie guys. Grant out there. Let's see, yeah, Richie, Richie, Richie Grant. Grant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, now you're one. talking. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, exactly. so you put those you put those guys out there. You get Javon Hargraves on the inside, uh, Yannick and Gakwe on the outside, and maybe in the second round we go like Keon White or uh, or Will McDonald in the you're second. A pretty picture right now. Yeah, friend. exactly. Like that, that's that's what I want. Could, you could turn this de- defense around in a heartbeat. And if you start with a building block, you know, like a Christian Gonzalez, dude, that would be like, that would be a dream right there. Yeah. Like, and I do, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt uh, you. I, I, I do like that Christian Gonzalez talked about his toughest matchup and he said it was Drake London. I don't know if you yep. guys caught wind of that. Yep. They played yeah, against each other last year when he was in college. I'm going to um, go back to that film, and I'm going to take every clip of them going one on one with each other and post it on Twitter sometime next week. So I can't. Dude, yeah, I can't wait to, to see that. that. But I can't oh, yeah. wait to see. I'll be, that. I will be on the lookout for that. Uh, let's see. No, like, is there anybody else that you wanted to? I just. Shout out? No, not this, specifically. I think that you know, positivity. I like it. I'm <laughs> not used to that. Like, uh, I like the 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 positive vibe. Uh, anybody like like disappointed you i know like kayshawn booty didn't look all that great. oh man and i was I, he was a guy who i was kind of high on as far as like maybe a second round third round pick uh but uh yeah he he didn't really test all that well uh none of the wide receivers really like blew doors away really you addison ran a 449 but that was at <laughs> 176 pounds so that's side speed pro spot size speed profile wasn't well, it didn't exactly hit the mark for me. Wait, how much? How heavy? You said 175? Yeah, yeah. rough 176. I if you're 175, and, yeah, if you're 175 and you can't get to su- like 44 or or even less, yeah, yeah, that's that's concerning. A, that's that's rough. It's not his game, but he, you know, a lot of people have him wide receiver one, and I needed him to hit certain thresholds if I was going to push him up that that high. Right. Um. Who else? Someone else underperformed. That was a wide receiver. Yeah, I've I don't know. know. Either way. What about uh, did uh, Johnston? Uh, did he didn't he, run. Uh, 
He didn't. He jumped though. He he jumped. I believe he hit a pushing forty inch vertical. He he didn't do everything, but what he did, he did well. Right, and then although he was smaller than expected as well. The other uh, like combine freak was uh, was obviously our boy Darnell Washington. Uh, Be remiss if we didn't. Did y'all see that like the side by side sled comparison? Yeah, it's (laughs) that was nuts. Like he's over here just pushing it like it ain't nothing. And you're like, okay, cool. He's he's a strong dude. Then you see the other tight ends. Yeah, yeah, they're moving it, but they're having to like really push and drive. You see the legs like pumping, and then like it really makes it look like man, Darnell was just head and shoulders above everybody else, figuratively and literally. Uh, oh yeah, I I, I couldn't like, I, I couldn't see how he wouldn't be tight end one. I mean, um, the guy the guy reminds me of. Like just in his movements, and I think once he gets to the NFL, uh, he rem- he just reminds me so much of like a Gronk. Oh yeah, guy. big physical. Yep, he's different. Completely, uh, he's oh. like a, a sixth O lineman who you could legitimately send out on routes and can catch the ball. So it'd I think, be, I think he locked himself into the first round, man. I, and the one handed catch he had in <laughs> drills as well. Who does nuts. that at that size? The, yeah mm-hmm. tank Dell. that's who i was thinking yeah. of and yeah everybody's that, talking about him being a burner especially down there at uh at the senior bowl like he was wowing everybody and for him to run a four or five was uh, a little disappointing yeah you're hoping for elite speed with that kind of size he still has a yeah. shot to be a good player but right yeah <clears throat> all right well we have went almost like an hour and 20 minutes so uh, if the chat has any like direct questions they want to ask Kenny, go ahead and throw them up there. Cause as we start to like wrap this, wrap this up, I want to know why I wonder if it's because let's see here. Yeah. Any, any draft questions, man, I'd be very excited. To there we go. Answer. I get, uh, um, <clears throat> now we got, that's a uh, Kenny's Twitter handle yeah. uh, by his name there. Um, uh, so if y'all if y'all haven't followed him, definitely follow him. Um, and, and if I could if I could tell the chat where they can find some of the stuff I do, yeah, it's, yeah, be, it's yeah. um at Neptune Scouting. Okay. So I write a few articles for them over the off season. I'm a big draft fanatic. I've got some stuff dropping sometime this week. So really excited to um kind of put more content out there. Josh says uh, or asks if we don't resign McGarry, do we go right tackle at eight? Do you think that they that almost feels like a Dimitrov kind of move, but do you think yeah. like it would pigeonhole us into that? They don't address it in some capacity during free agency. I think that it's not necessarily an eight because there are tackles in this class in day two. You can get an ideally plug in, but I mean, if we don't, if we have a hole there heading into the draft, there's a really good chance that, as we said earlier in the show, uh, Paris Johnson or a Broderick Jones are not only the best player, the highest rated player on our board, but they would also be plug and play starters. So I think there's a, there's a higher chance if we like, if we bring back a Fetty and that's all we have on our depth chart, I definitely think we'll be addressing it during the draft. Yeah, I, I think so too. What you got there? Uh, Chris says, yep. uh, I'm a big uh, Tula. Nope. Tula. I'm just going to call this the D tackle. Tui Pelotu. Sure. Uh, fans, uh, Kenny, what is your thoughts on, on the D tackle out of? Is he a D end or a D tackle out of USC? I'm not sure where. He, I don't know where his role is going to be. He played on the inside at USC quite a little bit, but um, I definitely 
I, I, I like him kind of late day two, early day three. You know, I've seen some people have him much higher, but for me, I think that he's a guy who you don't, I don't know if he'll start day one, but he made right. plays all over the place at USC. And I definitely think he could develop into that kind of guy. I do like the fit, just yeah. not sure when. So I guess the question I have for you, uh, and then we'll get it to Josh here, is what are your thoughts on like Keon White? Do you think he's a true like first round guy? Or because I, I like, I have feelings like outside of just straight up betting on traits. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's like a high day two guy. Like like top end of the second round. Am I wrong on that one? You know, JR, I would agree. There's a difference between, you know, what where we think he should go and where he will go. Right. Because his athletic – I wish he tested, man. I really do. I wanted to get some numbers on him. But he looks smooth during those drills, man. 285 pounds moving around like the guys that were 250 out there. Right. He looked real good. I strongly believe that he will go in day one to some team. I don't think he's a top 20 pick. I've seen him mock to Atlanta at eight. Yeah. Much too early for me. I do worry about him because he's 24 years old already. He doesn't have too much refinement in his pass rush plan. So he's a little bit of a late bloomer. So I'm a bit skeptical there, but I I love him day two. Think he can start right away, but yeah, it, I, I think I'm I think I'm there with you. Like I like him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I got a soft spot for any Georgia Tech player that's yeah. <laughs> like able to be drafted. You know, because they just haven't been that many for very long. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just like watching him even at the combine, not at the combine, at the Senior Bowl. You know, I just it, it kind of, I don't know, man. First round seems a little high for me. Josh says, should we draft our wide receiver two or sign one during uh, free agency? Uh, like Josh Downs in the second round. What are, you, what are your feelings on, on wide receiver two? I think we should do both, man. Yeah. <laughs> Why not both? There, This receiver class, while, you know, it's not as strong at the top as it has been the past couple of years, we've kind of been spoiled the past couple of years, haven't we? Right, right. But yeah. – there's, there will be value on day two. There always is in every single draft class. There's a valuable receiver day two. Um, signing a wide receiver, a guy like Miko Hardman really intrigues me. He brings the speed skill set we don't have. Die in the draft. I got a profile in Tennessee Cedric Tillman coming out sometime this week or next week. Okay. I think he'd be a great fit for what we're looking for from a size perspective, um, from what he's able to, you know, what he's able to do playing on the outside. That we we don't have a guy like that. I think he's a good fit. Jaden Reed is another guy, a speedy guy in the draft who really yep. impressed at the Senior Bowl. Um, like the that, guys uh, that that caught my eye, you talk about down at the Senior Bowl was mm-hmm. was guys like uh, uh, Hutchinson out of Iowa State, Xavier Hutchinson, yep. and uh, uh, Michael Wilson out of State. Uh, yeah, I'm happy you Both. said that name. I don't know where he's going to go, but he is a perfect fit for what it yep. appears that we want a wide receiver. Right, like he seems like a like a tough physical wide receiver who has got no problem. Like the little bit of film I've been able to watch on him so far, like no problem run blocking. Uh, didn't have a ton of production, obviously at Stanford, but their wide receivers aren't necessarily known for a ton of production. Mm-hmm. That's a running school, you know. So yeah. like he he's a guy who I think we could get in the third round easily, maybe even one of the fourth round picks that we have if we keep both of them. Uh, but I think he's a guy who could come in and give some some solid solid play. Uh, let's see if anybody else has got anything. Uh, oh, Trent Simpson. I don't have any thoughts on Trent Simpson. Uh, he's a linebacker. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Out of Clemson. 
Am yep. I correct on that? Okay. Yep. I, I don't have a ton of thoughts on him. He's on my list to study. So I'm going to ask Kenny, do you have any thoughts on, on Trent Simpson? Yeah, I think he's a good linebacker. I think that he's pro- like him and Jack Campbell, depending on what kind of oh, flavor you're going that, for. Jack is a guy who I do have some thoughts on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he impressed at the con- – let me hit Simpson first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he, um, he, waited, he showed up bigger and longer than expected, which, you know, in these days you're – putting these linebackers back in coverage you want length you know that's what right. Troy Anderson had length and athleticism that was his calling card last year that's something Trenton Simpson brought to the combine he ran well the fourth he ran a 443 235 pounds strong on the bench had a good 10 yard split so he hit every athletic threshold you wanted to see at the combine and he's a guy that played a lot like Clemson always has these athletic freaks at linebackers that they kind of play all over the place like I believe that Simpson played some nickel this year. Like he he lined wow. up in a variety of different places, and I think that as an off-ball backer, he'll probably be the first one taken. So I I really like Trenton Simpson. For us, I don't think he'll be there at forty-four, but right. if he is, yeah, bring it on. I got you. Uh, quick, uh, this like. Dre and out of your Falcon mind are having a conversation, which is great. Uh, but I do want to like echo. Uh, he says, you know, out of your Falcon mind sounds like a great guy. <coughs> they are, they are great people. They are good folks. Mm-hmm. Go check out their stuff. Uh, I Absolutely. don't normally do that for like anybody or everybody that pops in here, but like I would, I would classify out of your Falcon mind as one of the good guys. Uh, so definitely go check out uh, their stuff. Cause Michael have you, absolutely rolling uh with some of his takes and comments so yeah give give those guys a check all right let's see anybody else danny johnson says uh bigger and longer is always good that's what she said i was man there you go <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> on it i, I had that's it ready to go in case you did you're like you have you're under some misconception that it's supposed to be family friendly look it is family friendly but you can i'm just saying it's an adult joke that's like that's like you know in shrek the the bird blowing up that was for the parents you know the kids still enjoy shrek and, and so, well, you know, the kid don't know what that means so yeah that, that's, that's a good joke oh oh that's not that's not good that's not good <laughs> good question bud. <laughs> that uh that is yeah that's not good anyway all right folks we have definitely like we have been up on an hour and a half and Went by uh, quick yeah dude did. we had a lot we had a lot to talk about tonight we had a lot, a lot we to did. Talk about. hopefully okay so real quick before we get out of here uh so next tuesday we're going to do another stream again of course uh next wednesday uh so i i'm off on vacation all next week Next Wednesday, uh, unless something super crazy happens, at 3.30, come and join us. I'm <laughs> going to start a live stream uh, literally for the half hour right before free agency starts, right up until free agency starts, and maybe <laughs> like you know a little while afterwards. I don't know how long we'll go, uh, but I, I'll, I'll be on there by myself to start. JR yeah, will show to- up as soon as he can. Yep, uh, I'll, I'll try to stay as long as I can with that. I uh, like I got not, again, not that y'all care that much about my my personal schedule, but uh, I should actually be free uh, next Wednesday. Uh, the church sings every other week, so that's tomorrow. So I should be free 
Maybe. I don't know. I think I will. Gotcha. But but we'll see. Either way, I'll try to jump in. Kenny. But what, yeah, we'll what, just re, we'll just react to just want to react to like yeah. the free agency stuff as it hits. And I think I just think that'd be a cool <laughs> gonna thing be fun, do. man. You guys oh, are gonna yeah. be busy. It's gonna yeah. be nuts. Uh Kenny, what uh plug the things that you need to plug, my man, where people can find you, whether it's Twitter, where you're gonna be. Uh so yeah, plug plug gotcha. away, man. So right now, find me on my Twitter right here at Grit Splits. Um Follow me and the rest of the crew over at Neptune Scouting. I think JR met some of the boys down oh, yeah. in Mobile. Down at the Senior Bowl. Yep. Down at the Senior Bowl. So got some good people over there. I'll be having a couple prospect profiles launched sometime soon. And um, tomorrow I'll be joining the boys over on Out of Your Falcon Mind to talk some more draft prospects. So Heck yeah. nice. excited. So mm-hmm. if I say, if y'all like you're, you're making, y'all enjoy the rounds. That's right. He's, like, yeah. he's, on, he's on Radio <laughs> Row. Uh, yeah. So like if y'all enjoy listening to Kenny today, make sure y'all check him out over there too. Uh, yep. And as always, Falcons fans, y'all can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Grim1128, G-R-I-M-M-1128. Jonathan? At Jonathan M. Holder. Come say hi. That's right. We're, uh, we'll wrap up our free agent series this uh, Friday. And then, like I said, next week we'll be gearing up for the real free agency and, and all the mayhem and frenzy that goes along with it. So just keep your eye on the channel and check back with us on next Tuesday. As always, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up. Been a pleasure. Boom. One.